0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Leto. Dennis sent me a note about that evolving field of artificial intelligence. And um, we've heard before about attorneys who screwed up and filed things uh, in court that they had gotten off of a chat GPT or something. And they signed their names to it and filed it. And attorneys who file things with courts need to know that what they file uh, is proper and so on. And they vouch for that when they sign it. So they get in trouble for it. And apparently it's now become such a problem that courts are instituting their own court rules saying, by the way, if you're going to file something that's AI generated, you got to at least vouch for the fact that you've double checked that portion of to make sure it's correct. And will the rule help? I don't know. But in a first for a U.S. appeals court, the Fifth Circuit is now considering a rule requiring lawyers to certify they did not rely on AI to create filings. And uh, what's important here is that um, federal courts can have local rules, and so can the appeals courts. And so they propose a local rule, and they listen for feedback, and most of these rules get passed. I get notices all the time from the two district courts in uh, Michigan, Eastern and Western, and they'll say, we have a new local rule, we're considering it. I read it, and it's a local rule that will probably never affect anything I do. But here is one that could affect people who use AI. So uh, in a first for a U.S. appeals court, the uh, Fifth U.S. Circuit is considering a rule requiring lawyers to certify they did not rely on AI to create court filings. And I'll read the actual proposed rule at the end, uh, that rule would require lawyers and unrepresented litigants to provide a certification regarding their use of it in preparing court filings. Lawyers and other filers would be required to certify either they had not used AI, or if they did, a human had reviewed the document for accuracy. So you can use it. You can use it. Um, and I know that the headline is a little bit misleading, but that's, that's okay. The point is you can use it, but you'd have to go over it double-check it, make sure that the AI got it right, and then understand that when you sign your name to it, that's your name. The AI is not signing this document for you. By the way, this version of the story is from lawnext.com. Bob Ambrogi wrote it. Um, And so, while at least 14 federal trial courts have adopted AI-related rules of some sort, this appears to be the first instance of such a rule being considered by a federal appeals court. Many courts were spurred to consider such rules in the wake of Mata versus Avianca, where two lawyers were sanctioned for filing a brief filled with bogus cases hallucinated by ChatGPT. <laughs> that's a great word there, my friend. Bob Ambrogi, congratulations. The cases were hallucinated by ChatGPT. And that's one of the strangest things to me that the AI that handles these large language models. Uh, can be asked, can you draft me a brief to to, to, to take this position on this case with these facts? And it goes out, and it gets all this great argument-type stuff, and then it starts making up cases. And can you really not ask it to not make up cases? Or did nobody think it would do that? I don't know, but I remember reading that article also. And it just found cases on point that it had made up. If I got to make up cases that supported my position, I'd win every case. Of course, the other side could do it, too. The court recently published a proposed change and is seeking written comments from the public through January 4th. Specifically, the proposed rule would amend the circuit's rule 20, uh, excuse me, 32.3, which already requires attorneys to sign a certificate of compliance with the court's filing guidelines as to typeface Page limits, etc., and yes, there are rules on that. Okay, and so you know, there's often page limit. That's the most common one, where they'll say a certain kind of brief can be no longer in 20 pages or 50 pages, that kind of thing. Additionally, counsel and unrepresented filers must further certify that no generative artificial intelligence program was used in drafting a document presented for filing, or to the extent such a program was used, all generated text, including all citations and legal analysis has been reviewed for accuracy and approved by a human. And um, I'll clarify one thing very quickly here in a second. A material misrepresentation with regard to the use of AI could lead to rejection of the document and sanctions imposed on the person who filed the document. And they keep saying filed, filed, filed. It should say signed. Signed. Because um, documents are often filed by large law firms on big cases, and Really, it does boil down to who signed it, who signed it. Now, I've seen pleadings that have got four or five names of different attorneys who are all working on the case. One of them signs it. It's kind of like the pilot on board an aircraft, okay? Uh, although I know a lot of aircraft have got two pilots. But the point is that the person who's got the yoke in their hands is uh, more in charge than the people back there, okay? The person who signs the document is on the hook for it. The proposal would also review the court's Form 6, which is its certificate of compliance to add a section with check marks for the pertinent AI certification. So you can't claim you missed it. It's going to be right there on the list of check boxes. You know, certify this, certify this. Certify that you either didn't use AI, or if you did, you double-checked it, and you are now vouching for it. The full text of the rule change and the new form of instructions are out there, but the full text of the rule is 32.3, 32.3, Certificate of Compliance. Additionally, counsel and unrepresented filers must further certify that no generative artificial intelligence program was used in drafting the document presented for filing, or to the extent such a program was used, all generated text, including all citations and legal analysis, has been reviewed for accuracy and approved by a human. A material misrepresentation of certificate of compliance may result in striking the document and sanctions against the person signing the document. And I don't, I, I, you know, when I read stories like this, I have to think about them like an attorney because I am one. <laughs> Do you know how much fun that would be to discover that your opponent had done this and you got to go into court and, and, and pull the old yeah yeah, and you don't file documents with the court that are filled with nonsense and gibberish and go, well, I didn't write that, but you signed it. And so we're going to see all kinds of stuff coming with this uh, AI stuff, ChatGPT and so on, uh, and it's manifesting itself in very weird ways. I never would have predicted this. I never would have predicted that attorneys would actually file documents with made-up cases and go, well, the ChatGPT said it was a case. Did it? I mean, the thing's a creative writing program. It, it, it It just jumbles words together like a word processor mixed with like a Cuisinart no one said it's what, <laughs> you know? And so I've got friends who teach, for instance, and they tell me that right now, the amount of stuff that gets turned in that's obviously done with this kind of stuff, it's, it's shocking and it's disturbing because students aren't doing the work they should be doing. And, you know, when you've been teaching for 10, 20, 30 years and you have a lot of ideas about how a semester should go, you say, okay, you know, I'm going to sign a paper, and you guys have got like four weeks to write a paper. When somebody goes home and just tells ChatGPT to write it for them, and 30 seconds later they've got a paper, that's not them doing the work. And I understand the pressures that a lot of people are under, but they're under the same pressures we were all under. I mean, I remember at one point in time having a job at a radio station where I had to be there at 5.30 in the morning, a full load of 16 credits of classes, And I had a part-time job in the evening. Didn't have to walk in the snow to get to either one of them, but (laughs) true story. (laughs) So was I under a lot of pressure? Yes. Did I write some papers? Yes. Were they good? As good as I could under the circumstances, (laughs) but I managed. And I mean, I've seen all kinds of other crazy stuff. There's uh, people out there right now who are uh, publishing books, books. Uh, It's very, very easy to get a book published these days if you self-publish. And people are submitting entire books written by these kind of programs. Uh, Wikipedia entries, where somebody decides they want to put up a Wikipedia entry, but they're too lazy to do the work. So they just ask ChatGPT to write one for them. They cut it, put it in, and then they just start putting in the notes to back up whatever the language program found them. And you can spot it a mile away because of the writing style. ChatGPT, for whatever reason, it's amazing what it does but its shortfalls can still be spotted by the human eye. And so I never would have guessed that lawyers would be using it or that people would be publishing entire books using it or that, you know, Wikipedia entries would be using it. But it is. And so I suspect right now, and I have not done much work on this one, but I know that, for instance, there are a bulletin board WordPress-type programs that people can get for a homepage. And in the old days, if you talk to people who did search engine optimization, they'll tell you that, oh, by the way, If you um, add new articles every single day, it'll help you with SEO. So I suspect that right now there are people using ChatGPT to create new WordPress stuff every single day. And if they're hurrying, I bet it reads really goofy. And then, of course, there's a story a couple days ago about a guy who went into one of these websites for a car dealership, and his chat bot was run by something similar to this. And he got it to sell all kinds of goofy stuff, including, um, I know we're a Chevy dealership, but you should probably buy a Ford. And you want to buy a car for a dollar? Boom, you're done. dollar. Carve it in stone. <laughs> so there's a long way to go before a lot of these issues are settled. But I can tell you right now, that the second I saw one of these attorneys getting in trouble for filing something like this to the court, my first thought was, and I've talked about this before, is that the court rules at both state and federal levels that I'm aware of, say specifically that when an attorney signs something, it's not just an autograph. You're not just signing it so that years from now people can go, hey, I bet that guy's an autograph. It's on some papers at a courthouse, like they did for Abraham Lincoln. No, 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 no. You're verifying that you've read the thing you're filing, that you've signed, and you've reviewed it to make sure it's accurate and it complies with the rules. And it does a whole bunch of other stuff. And so when an attorney signs something they haven't reviewed, they're playing Russian roulette, especially if the text was created by a program. So I'm glad the Fifth Circuit is doing this. I think every court in the land should do this and just say you can use it all you want. But just confirm that if you did, you understand that you're still on the hook for every single word out of that program. So that's the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court. I suspect this will be more courts down the road. Dennis, thanks for sending it from Bob Ambrogi from LawNex.com. In a first for U.S. appeals court, fifth U.S. circuit court considers rule requiring lawyers to certify they did not rely on AI to create filings, or if they did, that they understand that they're responsible for it. Questions or comments, put them below let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Life would be tragic if it weren't funny.